to the ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! <laughs> Welcome on board the Ghost Train, the podcast that brings you right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. Now, before we get started with today's podcast, don't forget to stay up to date with all the scary and fun posts of the GT on Instagram. And you can follow me at Ghost Train Podcast. And Twitter, you can follow me at Ghost Train PC. And on Facebook, you can search Ghost Train Podcast. This is where I post videos and pics that the guests and I talk about. And I also share interesting paranormal articles and also just my own personal life events. Okay. This week, Patrick and Sean from the hit YouTube show, Haunted Side, are on board the Ghost Train podcast. Now these two dudes are six months into filming this series and they've already investigated some really cool locations and they're going to tell us all about that as well as their own personal scariest stories. Let's get on board this Ghost Train and get it rolling. Next stop, Demons After Dark. All aboard! Hey, Thank what's you. up, man? Thank you for having us. Now, now, in your show, you investigate the world's most haunted locations. Uh, so first off, where have you gone, and what are the scariest places that you've been to so far? Well, I mean, we've gone to quite a few places already. I mean, the series is only six months old now, so we're still, you know, kind of a baby uh, series. Um, but we did the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Uh, That's that place. Yeah, yeah, that we actually got invited in that place was was incredible. Um we've done uh the Silver Queen Hotel in Virginia City. We did the Mackey Mansion in Virginia City. Um we're actually going uh this weekend we're going to be at the Donovan Mill um down in Silver City, Nevada, uh, which is one of like the the most haunted places like with the mining, like the Comstock mine and everything. It's one of the most yeah. haunted buildings. So Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. That's that's freaking wicked. Um, but just to circle back to the to Sarah Winchester's home, yeah. that, that's a that's a very famous house. First off, or mansion, I should say, featured yeah. on Ghost Adventures, and even recently had that horror movie that was based off it. I never saw it. I don't know if it was yeah. any good. I don't know if you guys saw it. But <laughs> I know. I never know. No, yeah, it didn't look very we good. Did, to me. We did our own version of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Way scarier, right? But yeah. I mean, that's huge. And it was just was it just the two of you going through that house? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was the two of us, and then we actually had the uh, digital marketing coordinator Jake. Uh, he was kind of tagging along just so that we wouldn't get lost, uh, because we were only there for a couple of days, anyways. And honestly, they say that the staff it takes them like two to three weeks, maybe even a month, just to learn the house. Yeah. So people yeah. will get lost. Yeah, like they're like trying to clock out. Like where the hell am I? Like <laughs> the people maze. get lost. Yeah, yeah, they get lost. Total maze, because I'm I'm blanking on how big it actually is, but I remember it's something like ten thousand windows and what is it like two thousand um, doors and and what was the like how big was it? How many square foot? Lockdown. I know. Did, for the episode, we did a whole like uh, voiceover for the the, the thing. So I'm it sure sounds like had, the voiceover we did. Yeah, yeah that was perfect. Ten thousand yeah. doors. Ten thousand windows. <laughs> and it's twenty six thousand square feet. 20, that's insane. So there's no, like, just the two of you, there's no way you're covering the whole thing, is there? 
I mean, no, I maybe mean, a week worth of filming yeah. there. We would. <laughs> I think that we found ourselves in like uh, three to four like sections of the house for our night. Yeah. Um, we ended up just kind of drifting back and forth. Like we just kind of like we're feeling the energy moving around as mm-hmm. we felt we we felt the action moving, and it ended up taking us to like the same three or four places by the end of the night. But yeah. when we did our walkthrough, the walkthrough took. I don't know, maybe like two and a half hours or something like that. Yeah, and that was the that was the quick version. Like yeah, he was like, "Do you like want me to go version. into detail, or do you want a quick version?" And we were like, "Oh, just give us a quick version." Three hours later, yeah, uh, and we still yeah. hadn't seen all of it. We had seen maybe seventy five percent of the mm-hmm. house at that point. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was it was unbelievable, and it was weird because we ended up being in the the places of the house that aren't really known as being the paranormal hotspots. So like the witch's really? cap and the seance room and all this stuff didn't get, didn't get very much activity in those rooms. It was like this random staircase and a couple of like the attic, which I guess that's yeah. kind of a creepy spot, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was where the, the activity was concentrated, but yeah, unbelievable, just massive house. I mean, just pulling up, I had never been, it had been on my bucket list for a long time to actually investigate, yeah. but it's so hard to get in there. I mean, like, before us, it was the History Channel that, that had filmed in there. Yeah, um, really. They don't have any even on the doors. Like you have to check your phone in. Like you're not allowed to take pictures or videos or anything. So, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely. Yeah, as far as I know, the only paranormal like paranormal investigations because obviously yeah, it's a very historic house. It's a beautiful mansion. Um, yeah. It takes you away when you see it. So they they try their best to not coin it so much as a ghost you know, paranormal hotspot. They're trying to keep it more historic and preserved. Yeah, yeah. So, but the only other paranormal investigations that I know of that have filmed there were ghost adventures and Buzzfeed unsolved. And then us. So that made us feel really cool just to be able to be like walking in the shoes of some of those great, you know, paranormal investigation teams. Um, and then, like we said, right before us was the history channel, but they weren't there for the ghosts. They were there for the history. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So out of the, and you guys kind of already touched on this, but out of the, 160 rooms. Which one was your Which one was your favorite? Oh man, you, you, go, you start. That's so her room. I think. Yeah. Uh, so she had two. If you go on the tour, you learn about the house. She had two rooms. There was a room that she was in before the 1906 earthquake, and then there was a room that she lived in after the 1906 earthquake. And the one after the earthquake, I think, was my favorite because even just the walkthrough. Uh, when we first walked into that room for the first time ever, immediately we get like a vibe. Like it, the whole air changed. And we had already spent, I mean, probably by that point, probably 30 minutes or so in the house. And then as, and he didn't even tell us that it was Sarah's room immediately. We just kind of started walking in and I'm like, dude, I'm like, this feels like weird. Like there's a weird energy in here. And he goes, so this is Sarah's bedroom. This is the actual room where she passed away in. And I was like, you you can get that vibe. Yeah. And really? then, uh, yeah. yeah, we ended up ca- capturing like a, a, like a pretty amazing EVP uh, in that room. Uh, can, that- can you describe what that feeling feels like for, for the passengers and listeners of the show? I mean, the feeling of a room. Of like of that presence in the room, like like what did it feel like? Was it like a negative energy? Was it a, like a positive thing? No, it didn't feel like it didn't feel negative uh, at that point. I mean, towards the end of the night, some stuff started getting pretty negative. Yeah. Um, but at that time, it almost felt like it almost felt like walking into a spider web, and you kind of get that you know those feelings where there's kind of something on you. But it was like warm and almost like pins and needles kind of feeling. Yeah, um, I, felt, I felt like heavy, like most of the house felt like 
I don't know. Like most of the house felt like any other room in your house. Like you go in and it, you know, just just feels like normal. You don't actually feel anything. But we walked in that and I was like, it just felt like a wave of like a wall of of pressure. I mean, I don't know. Like like I don't know. It's it's so hard to describe because yeah. it's not negative, like he's saying, but it definitely was different. It was different enough that you walked in, you're like, whoa, there there's some kind of emotion in this room and it you know it could be because she actually passed away in that room and then when he was telling us some of the history about you know uh how how she died and all that kind of stuff and you know in the room we are our wireless mics that we wear in the investigations um the whole time we were doing an interview or doing the walkthrough and talking no problems no interference we get in that room we start feeling that energy and then he starts to describe, you know, and go into the history and stuff. And we start getting weird audio clips and like weird interference that we now that we've done quite a few investigations together and using this equipment, we're noticing like correlations between this weird kind of like audio frequency and like weird noises yeah. to then leading up into paranormal activity or like happening when it's happening. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that so I'm on the camera and I'm watching, you know, framing um, lighting, everything. And, uh, but I also, I'm, I'm monitoring the audio and he can't hear that. And he'll say things that correspond perfectly when I'm hearing the high pitch frequency, um, from our mic feedback, because it's a wireless signal sending his audio to my camera to be recorded. And something is disturbing that. And it's like a high pitch ring. And he'll say things like, Oh my God, I'm getting chills. And right when that happens, I'm getting a high pitch frequency. So it almost validates that, that energy that, that yeah. people feel when they go into these, you know, uh, Haunted or paranormal activity, you know, areas. Location. That's weird. Yeah, that's super strange. Okay, well, let's get right into it. So, what? So, we'll start with Patrick then. Yeah. Patrick, what is your scariest ghost story? Doesn't have to be from an investigation, just in general. There's got to be something that got you into this whole field of work, right? So, what oh, was it? I gotta know. So what I was kind of, it was like a toss up. Like there was two pretty like main things that happened. Uh, I'll go with the, I'll go with like the original, like the very first, like what the first thing I saw, what really got me started into a uh, paranormal world. So I'm from Texas originally. I was born and raised in Dallas. Um, and when I was eight years old, my family moved out to uh, this city called Josephine, Texas, about an hour outside of Dallas, east of Dallas. And we moved into this old, farmhouse it was on like 50 acres it had barns all this kind of stuff this white farmhouse i mean it looked like what you see in like texas chainsaw massacre like it looked like that kind of texas town. Um, it really did um and so i'm eight years old i have two younger brothers uh and we're moving in and literally like the day we're moving in we're taking stuff in taking stuff up to the attic and my parents find uh, an altar a satanic altar in the attic so um, what made them think it was satanic? Well, it was a pentagram. There It was it was a pentagram. No Technically it was it was a pentacle, which is like the actual like uh ritualistic markings and, and like conjuring and binding markings uh, around it. Um and so yeah, just just crazy. And so my mom at the time my mom was like super religious, very Catholic, and so she was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and started yeah. freaking out and tried to like destroy it and all kinds of stuff. And thinking back now, I mean I think she actually ended up making it a lot worse because she didn't really know what she was doing. But it doesn't end there, so not only was there altars in the attic, but we found altars in the basement. We found altars in the uh, barns on the property. What? 
Yeah, come to find out, there was actually human remains uh, at the altar that was in the barn. Um, so it was actually a crime scene. And after doing some research, we found out that it was actually a satanic church in the 1960s. Uh, so there was just an enormous amount of just negative energy in this house. Um, oh, fuck, man. That is insane. <laughs> so you grew up basically in an old satanic church. So I spent about six months living in it. <laughs> so maybe not even that. It was probably closer to like four months uh, because we've been, and I mean, I hope that a real estate agent, I mean, there's no way they still have a job. You know what I mean? After <laughs> all that kind of stuff goes down. Uh, but so what started me in, in the, in the field is that, so we started like immediately after, you know, after moving in, we started hearing like noises coming from the attic um, and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a boy growing up in Texas, so I'd run up there with like a 22 and be like, okay, I'm going to shoot this or, you know what I mean? I figured it was like a raccoon or a possum or something was in there and I, I could never find any animals. I could never find any like signs of animals. Uh, I would make sure that everything was like closed up and, you know, there wasn't any like holes for something to crawl in. But I'd still hear like scratches and like heavy like footprints, like not like animal, like I'd hear like like boot prints up there. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty creepy. Um, but one night I was asleep and then I get woken up because I just feel like the bed move. Like I feel something sit on my bed. And okay. so I wake up and I look and there's this black shadow, like, and it's weird because it was like, it was already dark, but it was like darker than dark, like blacker than black. It was really creepy. Um, yeah. and it was, I'm getting chills thinking about it. And it was in, I mean, it was like human shape, right? Like humanoid shape. And it was just sitting on the edge of the bed, and it was staring off at the wall uh, to, to my right. And so it's looking away from me, and I'm like, what the hell? You know what I mean? So I was only eight years old. I wasn't as equipped as I am now. Uh, so at yeah, that you time... Have, you didn't have your Magnum with you, right? Yeah, so at that time, I was like, see ya, and I just bolted out of there. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I was just like, you know, what the heck? What was that? Um, I want kind of, of answers or, you know, trying to figure out what that thing was. So That's nuts, man, because something very similar happened to me, but it was more like a sleep paralysis kind of uh, event. Um, oh, but at least you were able to get up and move and run out of the room. I couldn't move. I was, like, paralyzed. And mm -hmm. I, I saw that at the, at the door of my room standing there, and I was still awake, and I was, like, looking at it, and I was talking to it. Then all of a sudden I couldn't move. But at least you were able to get the hell up and get the fuck out of Dodge. So Dude, I can't even imagine if I if I wasn't able to, to to get up, I don't know what I yeah I don't know what I would have done. That was crazy. Kidding, man. That's insane. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was gonna say, and that's not even yeah. that's not even the worst story that happened there. I mean, almost everybody in my family has some kind of experience. My brother Matthew had the craziest one. If you want, I'll tell you that one. I, I want to hear. Let's hear Matthew's story. Okay, so uh, I'll set the I'll set the stage right. So we're all like laying on the couch. It's like a it's kind of rainy. I think it was storming. Um, in Texas, you know, it's like a proper thunderstorm, you know, it's like rattling the house or whatever. Sure. Uh, so it kind of gives a little bit of creepy ambience. But um, uh, we're all sitting on the couch watching a movie. We were actually watching Batman, like Batman Returns. Awesome uh, movie, like by Mike the way. Keaton, which, by the way, that's Batman to me is like Michael Keaton, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, Daniel Vito. Danny DeVito as as the penguin. Yeah, dude, that's yeah, that's my era of Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're all 
uh, so <laughs> I was just around watching, you know, lounging out watching a movie, um, and then all of a sudden, lightning strikes, power kind of flickers, uh, the movie stops. I'm like, oh, you know, because this is VCR back then, so you know, the tape stops. We're like, well, okay. Uh, so I go to start it back up, and Matthew, who's kind of laying on the couch, just like, I'm like. He just doesn't look right. Like something, something's like not right, you know. And he starts like going, oh, and like moaning, like he was sick. And my mom's like, are you okay? Are you feeling all right? And he won't say anything. And she like feels his head, and he's got like a like a really high fever, like he's like burning up. And then he starts saying like stuff like, you know, like leave me alone, like get away from me, get out of me, like these weird things that you don't just like say, you know what I mean? Like even if you're sick, you don't you don't say that kind of stuff. Um, and my mom's like starting to kind of freak out at this point. So she's like getting a cold cloth for his forehead. She took his actual temperature and he was at like 103.2 or something like that. I mean, really, really high fever. Um, he starts throwing up like it just out of nowhere. I mean, literally five minutes before then he's laughing, you know, when we're watching this movie. Um, and then so my I told you my mom's like really religious. And so she starts to, um, she starts like, like say okay you know like we need to like get out of here maybe go to the hospital um and so she says a prayer and i'm not immediately afterwards it was like somebody had flipped the light switch and he just snaps out of it and he's just you know disoriented like what's going on like what what happened you know like he's like out of it and my mom's like oh my god are you okay what happened and dude he like straight up said that he he kind of remembers the lights flickering, but then he remembers like the room was full of these black shadow figures, like dozens of them, not like two or three, like dozens. I know, me too, me too. Like that's real, <laughs> uh, and just dozens of them, and they were like snickering and laughing and like like messing, you know, like clawing at him and stuff, weird stuff, dude. And so mm-hmm. he says. Yeah, and so he says that he looks out of the window, because this was in the living room, it had big windows along the wall, um, and he says that he looks out and he sees what he said looked like Jesus banging on the window, like screaming from the outside of the house, like screaming to let him in, um, because like something like like he couldn't get in to help him. Uh, yeah, and that was about the time my mom, like I said, had said a prayer and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, just boom, snaps out of it, and he's like, what the hell happened? Wow, I yeah, totally, we, like I totally feel that Jesus banging on the window is like your mom saying the prayer to save him, and Jesus heard the prayer to come help him and got him out of that. That's insane, man. It was it was unbelievable, and wow. I mean, I I mean, yeah, a high fever like that you can hallucinate, obviously, but I mean, it just it seemed too you know too real even he to this day I mean, he doesn't even like talking about that um because yeah. of how real that felt um and, yeah. and everything like that and, and yeah it just it was it was unbelievable so we didn't live in that house much uh, long <laughs> after that i think that was kind Back of a, my mom was like hell no we're <laughs> 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 just the hell out of here the yeah, fact so, that your brother's your brother's uh, fever broke right away like that quick is that like is that even a common thing? I don't know. I don't think that would be. And did so. not sick anymore all of a sudden? That's weird. The whole thing. I mean, this whole thing was like four, five, six minutes long. I mean, that was it. Like he was and t- uh, talking to people since then, um, they say that that's like a like a mild possession or like a minor possession. Um, yeah, like probably starting. Yeah, starting to kind of, I guess, like, put their groundwork in and, and see who they can actually 
yeah. get into, right? Uh, that's exactly. freaky stuff, man. That's it's, freaky yeah. stuff. Good thing you got the hell out of there. Would you guys ever try and go there and investigate that house? So, yeah, so speaking of that, so we've got a bunch of stuff in the works right now, um, and one of them is actually uh, a deal with Netflix to be like the first Netflix original series on paranormal investigation. Um, and uh-huh. for the se- yeah, for the season finale uh, of season one, I want to do like a revisit to that house because uh, I okay. haven't been there in a really long time, you know, like 20 years. Uh, so uh-huh. I'm super stoked to like go back in and be and see like – do they know, like, do they remember, like, would it, would something know that it's me again? Like, probably, maybe, who knows? But, uh, I think spending a night in, in, in that house with just the two of us would just be unreal. Cause I've kept up with the house. Like, I've followed, I, I've, ever since then, I've, you know, like 15, 16, I checked it, checked up on it, and, and even recently, and it seems like a, it, the same kind of things happen. Like, a family will move in, um, they're not there for any longer than a year, um, and then they move right back out. Um, and actually it's in foreclosure right now, so the state owns it. Um, and it's a six bedroom farmhouse on 50 acres of land and it's $16,000. Jeez. Um, well, <laughs> I bet how- Zach Bagans will buy it or something like that, right? Something will right end up on the haunted museum. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Oh, so what ended up happening to all like the artifacts that were there from the, the satanic worshiping? Did your mom like get rid of them all and destroy them? Got rid of the ones that uh, that she could, yeah. the ones that were in the house, like initially. Um, but then once they found out that there was actually human remains, uh, like the actual the police came and they actually had to like excavate stuff and and take stuff away and and, and everything like that. Yeah, because it was it was actually deemed a crime scene. Okay, so I didn't know that that actually. I guess I misunderstood that actually happened while you were living there. That the police, you guys found those bodies. Holy yeah. shit! So it's like we start finding we start finding stuff that looked like human remains call the police they come out they check it is human remains you know tape everything off hey don't go into the into the barn for a few weeks like it wow. was it was nuts yeah, and do you know was... anything about those investigations no cold case no. oh shit that's nuts other than, yeah other, they never yeah they never identified anybody or at least we never heard of them identifying anybody um and yeah just you know said that yeah there there was like a congregation of satanic worshipers that lived there um, or no, they weren't on record as living there, but it was like a tale. Like people had told, like, yeah, this was that's what's going on out there. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. like it was just like a known a known place, right? Yeah, and there was like documentation of like police visiting there because of things, you know, people seeing weird things and fires burning and stuff, and you know, Shit. but never all, act- the, all the classic stuff, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, the plot of some movie right now. It's like it uh, needs to be. If it isn't, Conjuring Two, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're describing Conjuring Two. Like the whole time I'm thinking, like, hey, this sounds super familiar. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Patrick, that's crazy. Uh, Sean, you're yeah. up, man. What what the hell's been going on with you? What got you into this? I'm like, how can I follow that? I heard some whispering once. It was. Uh, <laughs> Sure. Yeah, no, um, I've always been really fascinated with the paranormal. I've, I've always just been a believer. I feel like there was never really a moment that like, I don't know, it turned me into a believer. I've always just kind of been, and my, my mom and I are always like really kind of like interested in that kind of stuff together. Growing up, we always watched ghost shows together and ghost adventures, like still to this day, like we'll sit down and watch them um, if we have time together. And if not, then we'll always see them on our own, but then talk about them together. So it's like, I've always been interested in the paranormal and I've had few experiences with it, uh, not counting what has recently started to happen with the haunted side. But what 
basically was the event that if I was ever doubting the belief of life after death in some form, when I was probably about 14 or 15, uh, we owned a, a house here in Reno, Nevada. And we built this house from like the ground up, like literally dug into the mountainside, built this house with my, my entire family. And, um, my brother, my, my older, my older brother, uh, had a, a friend all throughout high school. His name was Justin and Justin and a bunch of uh, my brother's friends um, were going to go out one day to like, they were going to ditch school. Like they planned on ditching school. This is when they were in high school and I was in middle school. They planned to ditch school to go to a lake here in Nevada and to like, just celebrate like the end of the year or like some break or something, but it was going to be a planned thing. And my brother really, really wanted to go to this event. And my parents just said, no, like we're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you go. And of course my brother was really mad, really upset. And, um, but he didn't go and everybody else went. And, uh, that day, my brother's best friend, um, Justin, um, actually died that day. And it's really, it's, it's a really sad story. Basically, they were out on the lake on a boat and it was like one of the only earthquakes that has ever happened here in, in and around Reno, like hit. And right when they were on the lake, it caused a, a really like big dip, like a huge wake, but like it wasn't up, it was a dip down. And apparently Justin like hit his head on the boat and fell off the boat into the lake. And because he hit his head, he wasn't wearing a life vest. It actually knocked him out and he ended up drowning in the lake and they couldn't find his body for, I want to say at least a few weeks, like at the least for a few weeks. And my brother gets the news like that day and just breaks down and starts, you know, crying and weeping, you know, telling, I remember him specifically saying like going to my mom and saying my best friend just died. And that really sucked, um, to see my brother go through that. But like, uh, for me, I knew him pretty well because he was over at our house all the time. He was always hanging out with us, playing Xbox in my brother's room. Like my brother's room was like the hangout spot for my brother and all of his friends. They were always down there playing games. Um, and, uh, from that day on after Justin died, being down in his room, I just, I, I always felt like somebody was watching me always. And I never felt like that in that house or in that room specifically, never felt like that. But from that day, I don't know if it was just me thinking that, you know, maybe someone's watching me, maybe someone isn't. Um, but I just always didn't, I, I never felt comfortable necessarily in that room. Um, so fast forward a, a few weeks, maybe a, a month or two after Justin died and they found his body. Um, my brother is in his bedroom and, um, this is like obviously a pretty decent amount of time. So there were still house phones in and around the whole house. And my brother was on the, one of the house phones that he had in his room and he was talking to his girlfriend and he was, he said it was super late at night. And he said that he like got off the phone, hung up with his girlfriend and leaned over to his nightstand to put on the phone on the charger, looked forward. And he said that Justin was standing at the foot of his bed and his, his family owned an American Eagle franchise here in Reno. So he was always wearing American Eagle apparel always. Uh, but Justin had to wear glasses and he said it was so crazy Justin was standing at the foot of his bed. He said he was glowing green, like a, like a bright green, standing there with his, with his hands in his pockets, staring at Josh, smiling in an American Eagle polo, um, like striped polo, and uh, but no glasses. And he was just sitting there smiling at my brother Josh. And my brother panics and freaks out and reaches over to grab the phone to like call my parents who are just upstairs. So he like couldn't even get out of his room to go to my parents' room. He had to like physically like move to grab a phone. And when he looked forward, he said that Justin was gone. And, um, so that really spooked him. And, um, he told us, my parents, I don't think he told me the story. I I think that he wanted to keep that from us, but then I think my parents told me the story a little bit later on. And obviously that's not my story, but this led, this led into something very strange for me that happened a few weeks after that event. Basically I was down in his room a few weeks after this 
and I was playing Xbox in his living or in his bedroom. And my friend was over. He, he, he was spending the night, and we were down in my brother's room playing games. And my brother had a, a bathroom attached to his bedroom. So my friend, like, stands up and goes to the bathroom. And I'm sitting there, and it's pitch black. Like, only light on in the in the room is the TV. And then there's a light in the hallway behind us that's casting, like, a light from the doorframe into the room. But there's no physical light in the, in the room. And as my friend is in the bathroom, um, all of a sudden I see somebody casting a shadow into the doorframe. It's a full person walk into the doorframe and stand there, and it's casting the shadow on the ground next to me. And I'm, like, sitting there holding the control, and I look down, and I see a shadow of a person standing in the doorframe. And I look back, and the shadow is being casted by nobody. There's nobody standing in the doorframe. There's nobody there, but there is a person as if standing there casting light into it. And I'm standing there, and I'm frozen. I'm just like, what? Like, what? Like, I don't understand at all. My brain cannot figure out what is casting a shadow if there's no physical presence in the doorframe. And my friend comes out of the bathroom, and he stops dead in his tracks, looks at me, looking at the shadow. He looks at the doorframe. There's nobody standing there. We look at each other. We look back at the shadow, and the shadow, again, has its hands in its pockets, or what it looked like it could be in its pockets, and took a hand out and waved to us like this, just made a shadow waving. And we freaking booked it. We got up, and we ran. We we didn't even go through the doorframe to, like, leave the bedroom. We went through the bathroom and out the other side door. We were just like, no, and we just left. We We ran as fast as we could. Um, and uh, eventually we had to like, get the guts to go back and turn off the Xbox and turn off the TV down in my brother's room. But uh, by that time, that, 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 that presence was gone. But that was the first thing that it's, – it's one of those things where until recently I haven't had an experience like that um, where you just see something that your brain cannot comprehend – and you're mm-hmm. so confused, but it, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. You're like, okay, that's a shadow of a person, but nobody's casting that shadow. Your brain cannot connect the dots, and it, it sends you into a whirlwind of emotions. And um, that was one of the first t- times that I really felt like that. And in recent times, uh, I haven't quite felt like that until this last investigation that we did um, at the Silver Queen. Things were happening that my brain couldn't connect the dots and, and it just makes me feel like they're, it just it kept further validating that there are just things that we don't understand in this world. And maybe we're not meant to, or maybe our brains just can't comprehend it. And, uh, but there is an existence of some kind of plane that, uh, can access our world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I haven't felt that like core sh- shake in a while. I mean, we did. So like, like Patrick was saying earlier in the show, I'm only recently, um, on the, uh, the haunted side team but patrick's been doing this for a while and um but the first three that i've done you know the first one was incredible a lot of really cool things but i wasn't seeing and experiencing anything firsthand it only was later that we reviewed the footage that we realized the gravity of these things and um connected the dots in post (laughs) (laughs) um but in the silver queen things were happening in front of our eyes that like it, it, it was, it wasn't like, I can only phrase it as it's not okay. <laughs> like that's the only <laughs> word I've been able to use lately. It's like, it's not okay what we just saw. Um, and I mean, that could, that could be a perfect segue into like what we've just been experiencing lately, especially with the silver queen. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's hear about it. What the hell has been going on at the silver queen? So we, we actually filmed in the two most haunted rooms in the, in the hotel, uh, room 11, which is where there was a prostitute named Rosie that had committed suicide. Um, in that tub, it's still the same tub. Uh, so just crazy amounts of energy in that room. And, uh, we actually were setting up, I think it was the SLS, uh, we were setting up the structure light sensor camera, um, or a night vision camera, something, one of the experiments we were trying. And out of the, 
like the so I'm looking at the screen right here, and just I mean right past what I was looking at on the ground, there was a, a black fan that Sean actually had moved because we were framing a shot for for one of the segments, you know, in front of this bathtub, and so it was in the way. And so Sean afterwards, after we see what happens, he's like, "Dude, I actually took that fan." out of there, moved it out of the shot, tucked the cord underneath this chair, um, and got it out of there. So there's a black fan, the, the cable, the cord, the power cord is just laying on the ground. Out of the corner, you know, just past my field of vision, I see it lift up off the ground by on its own, hover for a second, and then just get set back down, like, really lightly. Like, not fall back down, but, like, get placed back down. And, and so Sean's watching his monitor, like he said. He's watching, you know, me through the monitor. And, I mean, it was just, I mean, actually, when I reviewed the footage from his camera, you kind of, I mean, you see like a little black speck. You can see like a pixel of it. Yeah, like hand. a pixel yeah. of it. Um, but we had a couple of different cameras running, and one of the B cameras actually caught it. And so at the bottom right hand of the screen, you see this chair, and all of a sudden you just see this cord just lift up and then hover and then just get placed back down. Um, and so I'm like, dude, I just saw that lift up on its own and get placed back down. Like there's like, I just saw that with my own eyes, dude. And he's like, what? He's like, are you yeah, kidding? Cause, yeah. Cause like it, when, when it's happening, I don't know. If I even captured it and I'm not seeing it in real time. So <laughs> what I love about all of our episodes, it's like me just going, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, what's up? What happened? Um, and then, so he's like, dude, and he's like, he's like, he had stuff in his hand, and he's like frazzled. He's like, he's like holding stuff. He's like, because he was moving. We were, we were in between shots. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, okay. And he like tries to like, what the hell? no, I'm not lying. I'm not fucking lying. This cord, dude. And like he likes trying to, he's yeah. trying to like collect himself. And I'm like, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah, for like a good two minutes, he's yeah. right. Like, like we don't even cut to the actual shot because it, the, it's like the buildup is so perfect. Because I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm not kidding you. And I like walk over there and I, I slowly kind of like look around, like, dude, and like I like bend down and I'm like, dude, I saw this, and yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of straight what I saw. And he's like, are you kidding me? And then we didn't realize that we caught it because you know he was saying he didn't see it on his on his monitor. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, holy shit, man, I'm like. It was, it moved on its own, like something lift this up. And then I look over and I see the other camera that I had, I had just moved it like, nice. like five minutes before yeah. and I just put it in this other like area. And I was like, I was like, dude. And I ran over and I've never been so excited in my life. I like, I flipped through and I, I hit play and I'm like looking at the, the, the playback. And it had it, dude. It was right at the bottom of the frame. And I was like, awesome. I was like, dude, this had it. This fucking had it. And yes. then I played for him. And he's like, dude, you have to watch the episode because his reaction, I mean, he go, he's like, I turned the camera around. Like, the camera I'm filming the whole episode from, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to really be like something that's going to shake my world. I need to record our reaction. So, like, I turn my camera on my monopod and I'm like sitting there, like, watching it on the screen. And then my world collapses in front of me. I was like, <laughs> and I look at him. I was like, oh, dude, and like you can see tears in my eyes building, like under yeah. you. Yeah. And I look over at the cable, like, no, like, no. He turns white as a goat. Yeah. I'm telling. He's like, he's like, dude. He's like, yeah. it moved. 
it moved on its own. I'm yeah. like, that's what I was saying, yeah. dude. I saw it with my own eyes. So I was really, I was really excited because that goes back to how we led into this. Is like that core shaking moment. Yeah. I haven't felt that since I was a kid, like 14 years old in my brother's room, seeing potentially my brother's best friend's ghost saying hi to me. Like that was core shaking. Yeah. And then this was something that. I saw with my own eyes on that screen. I'm in the room and it's no longer just like something that you're watching on TV. Like, Oh, that's really cool. Remember that, that chord moved. It's like, I was in a room when potentially something from beyond this, the, the grave just shifted something in our reality. And that was very spooky, but mm-hmm. I was so happy. I turned my camera around to record our reactions and we we're just like, that's it. That's the dream. You got to catch this stuff on film, right? So that, yeah, that was, Un, unreal uh and then so we go we do some more stuff we catch some some crazy voices on the spirit box and everything but then we go up to the third floor uh and we have a night vision camera filming down a hallway and so we're on the opposite end of that hallway and uh i kind of i'm like walking around and then we see there's one of the rooms which by the way i went back and reviewed the footage and that room also had a wall so there was no windows to the outside wow. so there's this room where there's no windows to the outside um and there we're walking by it and the curtains start to kind of sway uh in this one spot not like all of them just like this one spot just starts to kind of sway and i was like dude i was like what the hell this is moving and he's like what and he's like we're looking and so uh so we catch this curtain kind of moving and then so like things start to kind of feel like charged up, like we kind of start feeling like there's a presence there. And all of a sudden, Sean starts hearing that feedback. And it, I mean, on the episode, you can watch it too. I mean, and it's we, clear as day, like how loud the audio feedback is getting. Yeah, and the whole time, nothing like that, other than when I spoke about Rosie, the prostitute. As soon as I said her name for the first time in that room, feedback. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. And so we're, but anyways, back to being upstairs. So we're walking and we're kind of towards the the other end of the hallway, uh, opposite of the night vision camera. And all of a sudden it starts ringing. The, the audio frequencies is like really crackly and everything like that. And he doesn't say anything. He like, he, he's totally quiet about it. He's just kind of like, okay, let's see what's going to happen. I imagine that's what he's yeah, thinking. Every time I hear it, I don't want to <laughs> say anything to him to like influence like things that he may or may not be feeling. So I usually keep it to myself until something gets proven to correlate yeah. to it. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I got, I'm getting like a weird vibe. I'm like, I get a feeling like we're not supposed to be up here right now. And then he's, he kind of like, I, I don't know. I feel like back towards where that window was, where the curtains move. I'm just get this vibe, like something's over there. And he kind of pans over. Cause I point, I'm like, dude. And then he comes back to, to me and then it crackles some more. And then I'm like looking back down the other hallway, like where we we're trying to go. And then I turn around and I see this white, like misty S shaped figure float from the staircase, like towards that window that had just moved. And I was like, dude, I was like, what was that? I was like, I just saw this creepy looking white mist. And then so we cut to the night vision camera that was actually across the hallway, um, and it catches it, dude. You see this weird-looking S-shaped thing just kind of float, hover across, and then from there it cuts right into me describing exactly what it looks like. I'm like, dude, it was this weird white S, and it went from here to here, and that's exactly what the the night vision camera caught, Uh, just this weird smoky. To me, it looks like – I've seen it so many times now. It almost looks like – like the classic ghosts, like they don't have to move their feet to walk. It looks like somebody leaning forward and just kind of hovering like across yeah. the hallway. Yeah. And it, it's 
long too. Like in relation to the room, it's about like the uh, the the width of like our torso. Just yeah, like, three to said, four but, feet. But it's where a torso would be if there were legs, but the legs are gone, and it's just hovering like across the hallway. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about it, what I love so much, is just the amount of visual and auditory evidence that led into that. Like my audio is crackling, like something is manifesting, and then I hear a huge ring, and then from the night vision camera, you see Patrick like turn around, look at the night vision camera, and go like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's pointing to the mist as it's crossing the screen. Yeah. So like, it's not like we caught some mist earlier, or maybe a little bit after that, that we just made it look like it happened at that moment. Like in the night vision camera, from the raw file, you see Patrick like looking. He's like, "I'm getting chills," and he looks, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And he's pointing to it as it's crossing the frame of the night vision camera. Yeah. So it's like. It's just too much. It's too much to deny, um, uh, you know, like the, the actual credibility of it. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's crazy. So you guys are capturing like significant evidence as you're doing these investigations. That's awesome. Yeah. So far we've been lucky. I don't know if we're just. I don't know if we've been just lucky, right place at the right time, or if the places that we're going to are more haunted than the 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 the, the buzz. The buzz run words. of the mill. Uh, yeah, like, like yeah, because I mean, yeah. from, honestly, from the three that I've been a part of, the one that I thought was going to be the most active was the Winchester. But Winchester, to me, I like to describe it as just like like it, it, the activity in that house is going on whether or not you're in it like it has no consciousness of you being there that's what I felt like and you were either in a room when something was going on or you weren't and it's just kind of moving around the house yeah. um, then the next one was the antique mall the antique mall felt like it was kind of aware of you and conscious of you because we did capture that full body um, on the SLS camera standing right next to one of the owners and we tell the, the apparition to reach his hand out and then it reaches his hand out and it like it actually held like, hands, it with, held the hands with one of the, the owners of so the that sport. felt conscious but then the rest of the activity felt like it was just like residual energy you know and like yeah. kind of on a loop going around but then this one is on the opposite end the Silver Queen I felt like whatever was there knew we were there and I felt like it was trying to reach out to us and it was doing everything it could to visually communicate to us, auditorily communicate with us, um, like just even just your body, your energy, like we could feel like something was there with us. Yeah. And as these investigations have gone on, I don't know if we're just getting lucky or if 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 we are like we're honing in on this craft of like being able to identify signs of being in the right place. Like my audio is starting to spike, his him's yeah. him getting chills, me getting chills. Um, and I think that that's really important is to be able to kind of compact these layers of, of like separate mediums of recording, like audio and yeah. visual. And then the fact that they correlate with our just energy and chills. I, I think, I think that we're just, we're, we're, it's a little bit of getting lucky, but a little bit of us just like really trying to figure out like how, what's the science behind this. Yeah. And see that, I mean, that goes down to just boiling down to just our investigation style. And I mean, my technique has always been, I'm going to go in and I'm going to try to actively disprove everything. I'm going to find logical explanations for everything or try to um, because I want something that when something happens that is truly paranormal above the normal, um, there's no refuting it. And so I think that that really lends to our credibility um, because I'm not going in there. We're not going in there and we hear a noise and we're like, it's a demon. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to do that. We're not going to over sensationalize what's, what, you know, things that are happening. Um, but when we go into a place and a cord lifts up on its own and gets placed back down. I'm going to be like, you dude, bet that I'm going to cry. Yeah. I'm like, there's, there's something going. And even like EVPs, uh, if you watch our episodes, I mean, very rarely do we, do we play EVPs or replay EVPs? Um, because to me, if it's not 
like beyond a class A, if it's not like immediately recognizable as a voice and you can tell exactly what it's saying, we scrap it. I'm not going to put something out there that's like, <laughs> like, oh my God, that said I'm a demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it's not like 100, like the Sarah Winchester episode, a female voice said, welcome to my home. Uh, on the digital recorder we left in her room, it said, welcome to my home. There's wow. no, can't, like, you you can't like yeah there, there's no it's saying. almost too believable and that's what yeah it, it, I mean honestly it really is out of I mean it I when I when I heard it because it was like raw off the the recorder I was listening to it and I called Sean I was like dude I was like are you up like <laughs> it's like yeah, two o'clock morning I'm like dude are you awake holy shit listen to this and I and I send it to him and he's like. Dude, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, I actually, I actually, do you remember my my response to you? I was like, like, did you fuck with this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. this is too, this is too real. Yeah. Like, I was like, did you do anything to this? And you were like, dude, that's straight from your quarter. And I was like, okay, like seriously though, like, I won't declassify <laughs> yeah. this text thread. What did you do? Like, what 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 effect what effect did you put on there? What did you do to make it sound like that? Because it's it's clear. Day. Yeah, and I so I mean I I showed him like the raw files like yeah. it's literally like I take it off the digital recorder I put it into a folder and it's the raw files I mean numbered from the digital recorder and everything and I, I was like dude watch click 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 and I go I mean because we left it in there for uh, several hours and so I like went to find it and I was like dude boom play look I mean either somebody broke in and there was a female that walked up that microphone and went da -da 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 -da, at that exact moment we didn't see them or. Or something, or you know, Sarah or somebody uh, said that. So it was, it was pretty damn very creepy. Cool. Very but, cool, very cool. And I think the, the the good thing about what you two are doing is you're able to play off your instincts so well, right? You're like, okay, because some people would would be like, oh, it's just staticky things. There's something wrong with the microphone. Maybe try and fix that. Wouldn't even think of, okay, we, something's starting to happen here. And you start to build, and you're you're recognizing that things are building and things are happening. So the fact that your your senses are heightened to start looking for more is is another thing that's going to let you find more stuff, right? Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. And I mean, so that's another thing that's actually really nice about me having been so new to the team, but having a lot of film experience on my own before I even joined this. Me being obsessed with the paranormal world, I didn't buy – or I'm obsessed with the paranormal world, but I, I've never bought gear with the intent of it being used for paranormal um, – um, research, you know. So the microphones that I use for our investigations, I've been using for years before this. I use them for weddings and promos, commercials, whatever it is that I'm using them for. Uh, and I have never, ever once heard what I heard or I'm hearing with these investigations. I, when I first, when it first happened during our first investigation, I, I, I looked at Patrick and I was like, that was really weird, dude. Like, I heard this really high pitched frequency on my audio when you felt somebody tickle his head. Like he like immediately like like felt like somebody like touched his hair on our first investigation together. And I was like, dude, I didn't say anything. But then a couple minutes later, he's walking and then he feels something else touch his head. And he looks up like he thought that he like rubbed up on like a like something hanging from the ceiling. And I was like, okay, Patrick, this is really weird because I've had these mics for years, but I'm hearing this like high pitched frequency when you reacted to something touching you. And I didn't know at the time if that was going to be a reoccurring thing. But it's now been three for three investigations where 
we will have clean audio the entire time, like every other project I've ever been on, filming up at the lake, filming up, you know, like down down at a car dealership, whatever it might be, where there's not all this paranormal activity. Then we go into these locations, and these spikes are happening immediately, like, during when he's feeling something or reacting to something or seeing something or right before and then it builds and builds and builds and then he sees something so it's like this building and this charging of energy that's disrupting our audio and then it manifests or it's happening as as the as this happened so for me so new to the team but having years of experience as a filmmaker but then also um as a with the gear that I, I have right now, I've never had these. I wouldn't call them problems because now I love it. It's like our. It's like it's like a signature thing that's happening yeah. in the middle of these investigations, and um, that to me is super because people can hear those audio spikes and be like, oh, whatever. Like it could be, it could be interference within the room because we are in old buildings. There could be these weird things that are going on, but I have used them for years leading up to joining mm-hmm. the haunted side. You're and talking I like heard it once. You're talking like. Thousands and thousands of hours oh, of, yeah. of audio yeah. recording. No, yeah, I've had them for three years now, I think, four years, and I've used them just for everything because it's my go-to microphone. It's a wireless yeah. lav mic system. That's super important. Clean audio is super important to me, and I've used them for so many hours, and I've never gotten those things. And the only thing I've ever really gotten is radio frequencies. Like Because it's a wireless system, it has to send it through a radio type of wave, and I'll always make sure I'm on a clean channel every time we go into a new investigation. Clean channel, it's going to pick the best one for us. And even on those clean channels, we'll get a high pitch ring that is not normal when you're getting other radio frequency mm-hmm. interference. It's like energy. It's just pure energy that's boosting these sounds coming through our, our audio. And it's not it's not common anywhere yeah. else. But, well, you just, you've been saying it like you're not a rookie here. You're not you're not some Joe just picking up a recorder and yeah. doesn't really know what they're doing. You're trained in this field to know how these audio equipment are supposed to work. He's yeah, got they're degrees. just he's got degrees in this <laughs> in this field. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> and like documentary filmmaking. So this is like what I do. Boom! There you go. And that's the whole thing. It's like the equipment's still working. It's just working in a different way. It's, exactly. it's still pick, it's it's picking something up, and you guys are are smart enough to realize that, and you're rolling with it, and you're like, okay, here we go. Let's just yeah. do this. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And even watching the the stuff back and and kind of seeing how because he was telling me about it, but then to actually see that, I mean, like he said, we're three for three, and I mean, we're like probably like what like twenty for twenty on actual like things. Like he hears it, and then something happens. Like it has not missed yet. Like it every single time that this happens, something leads into something weird or something. I mean, it's 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 freaky. Like yeah. The coincidence—it's coincidence. It's almost—it's breaching on like like scientific fact at this point. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. Really, really cool stuff. So, um, the other thing that you guys do on your on your YouTube channel, the Haunted Side, is you do reviews of equipment and and different paranormal equipment and things like that. Yep. Um, which I found really cool. And you also talk about just getting into ghost investigating and kind of like little hacks that you can do to your equipment to kind of boost things and make things a bit better. Yeah. Uh, what gave you the idea to do that? Uh, so I was getting a ton of people uh, asking like, hey, what night vision cameras do you use? What's, you know, what, because I, I do a lot of like modifying, like almost every piece of equipment, every piece of equipment that yeah. we have, I modified myself awesome. because, yeah, because I'm one of those people that like if I'm going to use it to like prove the existence of of the afterlife or paranormal stuff, I need to know 
100% what's in it, what every single component does, what it's used for, everything. Because I like even the Spirit Box, our SP7 Spirit Box, um, which is just a handheld radio that yeah. that scans through radio frequencies. Uh, I went in and removed all of the antennas. I removed anything that would possibly give an actual radio station or radio frequency the ability to come through that those speakers. Um, and I, I, I there's actually one of the things is how to modify the SP7 Spirit Box to do that. Um, so that when people are going out there, because if you go as an investigator, just buy one offline, get it shipped to your house and take it out, it's going to have radio interference. You're going to hear DJ's voice come through even for a second or two, um, and, and people are going to think that they're communicating with something when it's just the DJ talk or something like that. Right, yeah, because I've, I've ordered one offline, and it has like a, a radio antenna that you can pull out of it, yep. right? Exactly, so, yeah. Like that's it. That's what it's built for. But you just obviously, yeah, like you said, you've modified it to be used in ghost investigating and actually cut that whole yeah uh, problem well, just, out. Yeah, just to me, it just adds another layer of credibility when I'm saying people are like, "Oh, that's a radio station." Well, I'm like, on every episode, I go, "I've removed all of the antennas, guys." So even <laughs> if there isn't a radio frequency that gets through, I mean, it's going to be really quiet and well back like behind all of the static you know what i mean and and typically i mean we've done enough of these now that you can kind of distinguish like if all of a sudden it's like you know what i mean if it sounds like a a commercial on a radio station or something like that um but for us again the stuff that we're that we're putting out that makes that final cut into the episode is full voices over the static that are answering questions intelligently or even talking to themselves at the silver queen. There was a full conversation between two spirits that happened over like a, a 15, 20 second uh, timeline where this voice goes, Erica, it's your birthday. And then you hear this other female voice go, huh? And it goes, I love you. And this all happened over like, you know, like maybe 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Um, and it was, we weren't even in the room at that point. Um, and I mean, you can hear it. It's like, I mean, it, it was probably like 60 radio stations and it was the same two voices. Um, wow. really, really creepy stuff. Yeah, and I think that you, um, posting the videos, cause that, those videos that were made were before um, I even joined the team. And I think that what his intentions have, have been, um, for uh being a paranormal investigator as well as mine are uh before which is which is so which is so awesome about the way that we've kind of like vibed up we're both not like like butting heads on how we want to conduct investigations i think that we just see eye to eye on exactly what it is that we're trying to prove and by him making those videos i modify gear um, and being transparent about the gear that we're that we are using uh i think that if we can get all of that into, into everybody's hands it's just going to prove even further um, the, the existence of the paranormal, because if we are really secretive about what we're using, cause we want all the evidence to ourselves, yeah. then like, you know, that really just limits ourselves to, to us two people in one location at one time. But if we can get these pieces of technology into people's hands and be really open and honest about what we're using and how we're changing things to, to, um, capture paranormal evidence, that's going to spread. And, you know, we can hear about a thousand new locations in a day because a thousand new people have ghost hunting equipment that we know is trustworthy and that they exactly. know is trustworthy. And then that just gives us new locations to go towards and to investigate, to give them credibility to what they found. And the paranormal community is what it is. It's a community. And if we all are just being selfish and trying to get all the evidence to ourselves and not listening to other people's stories and not investigating other people's locations, um, we're not going to get anywhere. And we're, everyone's going to get tired of the Winchester. Exactly. And everyone's going to get tired of the Washoe Club. If we have 
somebody's like, hey, guys, like, there's this, like, like Patrick's saying, there's just this weird plot of land, you know, a mile down the road that I got this crazy EVP. I got these crazy readings. I got, um, you know, uh, rocks thrown at me. Like, it doesn't look like a haunted house, but it's, it's haunted. And, and if we get, if we just get these tools into people's technology, into people's hands, they're going to go investigate in their backyards and who knows what kind of locations we're going to be able to get. Exactly. To. Yeah. Cause the more evidence people are bringing forward, uh, it's, it's the better for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, there's another one I posted how to make a, a fully, you know, full IR night vision camera for $40. That's uh, the one I saw that really interested me. I was like, fuck yeah. I've always wanted a night vision camera. Yeah, like, well, I mean, to, right? yeah, to get a, I mean, to get like, because before, before I kind of figured that out, I mean, to get a decent looking night vision camera, uh, you know, $800, $1,000. And, you know, for people just starting out ghost hunting, uh, you know, your thing is you want to go in and you want to try and have as many cameras up as possible because you don't know it's not narrative film. You know where we're like, okay, this is the shot. We know it's gonna Let's happen. Our ghosts. Yeah, action. <laughs> we need you. We need you here. <laughs> okay, yeah. ghosts in yeah. here. Uh, so for me to do that now, somebody can say, oh shit. Well, I've got two hundred bucks. I could get like four of these cameras set up and now I've got a, an arsenal of four static night vision cameras that shoot, you know, 1080 or 4K even um, that I can bring to these locations. And like Sean said, I mean, my ultimate goal is to have as many people out there, you know, using this stuff and capturing evidence and bringing forward stuff that that is, you know, by definition, paranormal. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. Yeah, really, really cool stuff, guys. So we're going to start to wind down here. Is there, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Yeah. For, I mean, for me, at least, I think that people just need to go see what we've been capturing. Because for me, watching ghost shows through the years, um, there's a lot of, dude, you see that? And then we don't get to see what they saw. Yeah. And I think, like I said, I don't know if we're just getting lucky, but we have had some incredible luck. And I would really... I would really encourage people to go see what we've been capturing because I want them to see it and maybe validate something that they experienced in these, in these buildings or somewhere else in, in their lives. Like I saw this white mist. Hey, we captured this white mist, you know, like yeah, this is, you're like not this. crazy. Um, like I, I, for me personally, uh, just going out and seeing what we've captured, I think is, is, is really important because what we have been capturing has been some pretty crazy stuff. Um, from from a lot of people's standards and everybody has been really enjoying it and we we love everybody's feedback we love everybody's um critiques about how we can make things better um and we by no means are are set in stone with our ways like we're still building our arsenal we're still building building our gear we're still building uh up the ways that we want to do investigations and, yeah. and critique our we're critiquing ourselves at all times but uh yeah i just would love people to go see what we've been getting what you guys have been telling me it's going to be pretty fucking wild shit that they're going to see on your youtube channel right <laughs> Um, and that's, that's the main place where they can find you, right? So the haunted side on YouTube, go check this stuff out. The channel is super creepy, super cool, very pro shot too. Like I, I, I did preview a few of them. I, we did just start talking the other day, so I haven't had a chance to watch all the videos or really any of them, but I've previewed a few of them and it looks amazing, really professionally done. And I thank you both for being on board the ghost train. This was super fun, <laughs> a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, let's have you on board again sometime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Anytime. 
Thanks so much to Patrick and Sean from Haunted Side for sitting down and being a part of the Ghost Train. Really scary stories. I'm telling you, you got to check out their YouTube channel. They have been catching some really awesome evidence, and their show is so entertaining. The boys' personalities really make it what it is. If you have a scary story that you want to share with the passengers of the Ghost Train, contact me today. Until the next train gets in the station, good luck sleeping tonight.